Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday worship service. We're so glad that you've joined us here in person or online. We just ask at this time, if you haven't stood, please stand with us as we um, say our vision together. Thank you, Lord. Ready? Read. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Hallelujah. And um, this morning, as we're about to enter praise and worship, I'm just encouraged by a story that I heard from believers um, in the Ukraine. And as they were seeking shelter in the subway from air raids above, they were singing praises to the Lord. And I just ask that this morning that we um, keep them in prayer, obviously, but also use our voices to lift and praise and honor and glorify the Lord. For he, no matter what the circumstance, is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you. Anything like you. Oh God, 
battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours, oh God, the glory is yours, the kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours, glory is yours. Oh, nobody, oh, nobody beside you. Beside you. There has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anything like you. Worship you that you are not a God that is distant or far off, but that your very spirit abides within our spirit and you're already here. You're nearer than our very breath. This morning we just acknowledge you in this time of worship that you are here. The King of Glory is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The King is here. King is here, you're alive inside of me. The King is here, the King is here, love will never ever leave.
your voice. Oh, just thank lift your you, voice Lord. Lord. Just thank you. We worship you. you. We worship Lord. you. Lord, we're here. You are yeah. here. Oh, you are here. We worship you. We welcome you here. We welcome you here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you.
worship you this morning. We just worship you for you deserve it all. Only you, only you. Oh, we worship, we worship. Oh, we worship, we worship. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. There's none like you. Nobody like you. Oh. Just tell him how good he is this morning. Oh, you are good. You are good. You know, our words can be limited, but we can just tell him exactly how we feel. Oh, you are good. You are good. Oh, we focus on you this morning, Lord. Oh, you are good, you are good. You are good. You are good, you are good. Oh, you are good, you are good. Oh, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, Father. You're always with us. Oh, I got you by my side. I got you by my side. Just think about that this morning. You have the Almighty God by your side. Oh, we got you by our side, Lord. You never leave us or forsake us, Lord. Oh, King of kings, Lord of lords. Oh, almighty, almighty, oh, you are mighty, you are mighty, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, aren't you glad you have a free heart thank you. this morning, thank you, Father. We sang about that. Every heart has been set free. Aren't you glad you have a free heart? If you don't have a free heart, you can get one. It's available for the asking. Amen? It's available to us. The Spirit of God is in this place this morning. And whether you've been in church for a long time or not, you can probably sense there's something different in the atmosphere than when you go to the grocery store or the dry cleaners. Something different. Not sure what it is, but something's different. That's the spirit of the living God who's alive on the inside of you. And he'll manifest if we'll make room for him. And that's what we endeavor to do when we come together and when we assemble. We allow him to do what he desires to do. To the fullest extent, we just tell him what you want to do, Lord, you do it. Because I don't know what you went through this week. I don't know the challenges that you're facing in your life. I may not have had a conversation with you this morning. But I do know that we live in a world that has a lot of turmoil and confusion and problems. 
And we live here in this space. And you may be facing those things this morning. Maybe this week was not your best week. <laughs> you were not the best version of yourself this week. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe you had a glorious week. Whatever it is, the Spirit of God is here. And it says in the Word of God, in the Bible, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And so whatever it is that you're facing, the challenges, those things, you can leave here free this morning. You can leave here free this morning. Yeah, in this world we'll always have problems. But Jesus said, take heart and know that I've overcome the world. The book of Revelation says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So this morning, I want to pray for you. If you have a need this morning, you can just raise your hand right where you are. God sees it. He knows it. And he's the one who can do something about it. I'm very limited in what I can do. We're limited here by this body and by the things we can do. But there's nothing that he can't. So this morning, just lift your hands to God. Maybe, you know, you're not comfortable singling yourself out by raising your hand. Let's just all raise our hands. <laughs> because the Word of God, and it says to lift your head from where your help comes from. That's why we lift our hands. It's a sign of surrender. There's nothing over spiritual about raising our hands. I can raise my hands at home. There's nothing real spiritual. It's just a sign of surrender. You know, like a kid does to their father or mother when they want to be picked up. It's, it, there's nothing over spiritual about it. We just lift our hands and surrender. Father, you know our hearts. You know the need. You know the things that are going on in our lives. You're the one who knows it. Holy Spirit, you know it. And so we put those things in your hands this morning. That, that confusion that's going on in our hearts right now, in our, in our lives, we're not sure what's going on, what's happening, what's happening. Or maybe there's some conflict in our homes, in our relationships, in our marriages, with our children. You, you know those things. Uh, maybe conflict at work, things going on at work, things have changed. They're not like they were, I don't understand. Whatever it is this morning, maybe you have an, a, a, a mental attack going on this morning. The devil's been taking the opportunity to come at you in your mind this morning. Whatever it is, Father, we're putting it in your hands. You said to cast all of our cares on you because you care and you're concerned about everything that concerns us. So we put it in your hands this morning. We know that there's nothing impossible with you. Father, I ask for the anointing of the Lord right now. Right now, the tangible anointing of God that removes burdens and destroys yokes right now. That you would saturate this place and each person in it with your mighty presence. And I thank you that all of these other things diminish in your presence they cease and desist in your presence and we receive power we receive strength and inner strength like never before we feel your love and compassion like never before 
Our minds are sound in Jesus' name. They are relaxed and calm in Jesus' name. We thank you for the deliverance in the power of God. We thank you and we surrender to it right now in Jesus' name. Now just say it. So the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So say this. Say, I am free. As I stand here today, my heart is free. My mind is free. My body is free. In Jesus' name, I am free. I receive the freedom the Lord has given me. I walk in that freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Why don't you take a moment and minister that freedom to someone else? Shake their hands, hug their necks if they want you to. Say hello from a distance if you need to, whatever it is. Thank you, team. Good morning, Father's House Family Church. Church. It is Craig and Nature Barn here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. Let's First on the agenda, we'd like to announce Kingdom Couples' next event will take place on March the 19th from 5 to 7 p.m. We are hosting our very first family movie night. Woo! And we are yeah. so excited. We've been looking forward to this for a very, very long time. So mark your calendars now. That's going to take place on March the 19th from 5 to 7 p.m. right here at Father's House Family Church. This is a movie for everyone. No matter what season of life you are in, there is something for you in this movie if you are a grandparent if you are waiting to become a grandparent if you are married with a family you can bring the whole entire family out for this movie it's going to be awesome and you are going to take something away with you with your family from the word of god by watching this movie i guarantee Absolutely. you so come on out we can't wait to see you there Next, guys, stand up, get excited. The Men's Fellowship Group is going to be meeting next Saturday, March 5th, for a Men's Fellowship Breakfast. Eric has already sent out a text to anybody who might be interested. If you haven't responded, Eric doesn't have your number, go see Eric. Eric, just put your hand up real quick, brother. Yep, go see Eric. Let him know you want to come. I'm going to be there. Ivan's going to be there. Other brothers are going to be there. We want to see you there. It's going to be a great time. Absolutely. 
Next, everybody, we want to encourage you to send in your glory story. Yes. We want to hear about what God has done in your life, what he's doing in your life. Yes. Is it a financial miracle, a, a healing miracle, yes. some God's moving in your family? Yes. We want to hear about it. Please submit it to Christina Clark. Christina, if you could just raise your hand real quick. Yes. There goes Christina. Yes, submit it to her. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. Send in those glory stories. Yes. No more than five minutes long, though, yes. but send yes. them in. We can't wait to hear what God is doing in your life. And last but not least, we would like to announce that on May the 1st, we will be hosting our International Rama Day. Rama Bible Training Center is very near and dear to our hearts here at Father's House Family Church because this is the Bible Training Center where our pastors attended. Yes. It has impacted their lives greatly and thus it has impacted our lives. And so International Rama Day is a day where churches all around the world participate and donate an offering to keep Bible Training Center going strong. This is a place where people come from all over the world and they train and they learn the word of God so they can accomplish God's will for their lives. And we want to be a part of that, amen? And so every year we have set the amount at $300 but this year, because God is blessing us and we're getting all those checks in the mail, checks we can do mail. a little bit more. So we're going to set the offering at $500 Ooh. and we want you to start today. So go ahead and get the family together. Everyone can be involved in this and start putting those coins to the side, not the Bitcoin, but the old fashioned <laughs> coins. Go ahead and start saving those up. And then on April the 30th, um, we'd like for you to, um, be, between now and then, ask the Lord if he would like for you to add anything extra and above what you say to the offering bring your offering to church on may the 1st we will give the offering together as a church and pray for rhema bible training center it's going to be an awesome time and we want you to be a part of it so this concludes our announcements and at this time we're going to call mr henry tabo to receive our offering let's receive him Some of you thought I was running away, didn't you? Just getting the mic. And one of the things that the finances do that go to Raymond Bible Training Center is it helps, allows them to keep the tuition, the tuition at a reasonable rate for the students, praise God. Is offering time an uptime or a downtime? Uptime, praise God. But I will not assume that it's an uptime for everybody. Simply because I went to church for years and years and years and years and years. And I wish and I wish that there was no offering time. Because I wasn't at a place where I had any revelation on it. I just did it because I knew you were supposed to. We serve a God that there is absolutely nothing that he can't do. There was no limit to his love towards us. And in John 10.10, 10, part B in the Passion Translation, this is our Lord and Savior who said this. He says, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect, life in its fullest, until you overflow. Now, don't look at your life and say, well, I'm not there, so this can't be true. This is true whether you're there or not, whether I'm there or not. This is the truth, the truth spoken, praise God. Now these are words spoken by our Lord and Savior, so they should be believed and taken to heart, praise God. 
I personalized that as I was reading that. I put my name in there, and you need to do the same, praise God. As we read a scripture, not this verse, but any verse, if we can personalize it, we should pretend or see it as though Jesus Christ was saying it to you personally, if he was sitting with you saying it to you. So it would read as follows. I have come to give Henry, say your name. Do you have a name? Say your name. There you go. I have come to give Henry everything in abundance, more than Henry can expect. Life in its fullest until Henry overflows. Everything includes money. Say money. It's not a swear word. You can't live in this earth without money. You cannot. Try to go to the store, show up at the register with a bag full of stuff, and try to walk out without giving them money. They'll chase you down. <laughs> so we're supposed to have it. We're not supposed to be selfish or greedy, but if we're going to reach the world with the gospel, if we're going to help the needy, you and I are going to need some of this stuff. So I'm not going to assume that everybody sitting here and those watching online that all is cool when it comes to your finances, that all of your needs are met and that everything is fine. Because more than likely they're not. As I said, for many years I was in that place where it wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. And there's reasons why they don't happen. I'm going to point out one reason to you this morning as I read a portion of Scripture. I'm going to read Mark chapter 6, verses 47 through 50 in the Message Bible. Just listen. This is after they had fed the multitudes of people. Jesus had told his disciples to go on the other side. And it says here, beginning with verse 47, it says, Late at night the boat was far out at sea. Jesus was still by himself on land, and he could see his men struggling with the oars the wind having come up against them. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the sea. Now listen to this, the next five, uh, five or six words. He intended to go right by them. What kind of Jesus is that? He could see that his disciples were struggling, and he intended to walk past them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and screamed, scared out of their wits. Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. And as soon as he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. What does that have to do with offering time? I can only talk about myself, but for many years... I never invited Jesus into that arena of my life, into the arena of money. I tried to do it myself, not because I didn't want Jesus involved. It's because I was ignorant of the fact that I had to invite him into that arena because Jesus Christ does not go where he is not invited. He does not. Another translation says they cried out. So he heard their cry, and he got in the boat and took care of things. I'm not going to this other portion. I'm not going to go to this other portion of scripture, but it's found in Luke, 
24. It's after Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Two of his disciples were on the road to Emmaus. Jesus showed up. He was talking with them. And it says that when they got to where they were headed, Jesus was going to go by. He was just going to keep going. But they invited him in to where they were. They still didn't know who he was until they had communion. Then revelation came. That's when revelation comes, when you invite Jesus into that arena of your life, finances. How do you do that practically? Hello, Jesus, can you come to my house this afternoon? No. Pastor Murphy said last Sunday, if you need faith in an area, you need to go to the Word of God for that specific thing. If it's finances, it's finances. If it's for healing, if it's for deliverance, whatever it is, we must take the time to make ourselves available to the Word so that the Word can speak to us. That is no less powerful than if Jesus came to you and spoke it to you himself because it is his word, praise God. So invite the word into that arena. If you're struggling with tithing, with offerings, you don't understand it, it doesn't matter how much I say about it or anybody else says about it, it takes the Holy Spirit to break that spirit of poverty and debt and wrong thinking over your life. And the Holy Spirit only works by the word. So take the word, let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you, and then, praise God, you can dance when it's offering time. You can dance when it's offering time. You're free to obey the word, and you're free to obey the spirit as he leads and guides you in your giving. Because we are to separate ourselves from the world's way of, of financial, the financial system of this world. We know it cannot stand the way it is. We see how the world is going. We are not in that kingdom. We are now in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that's why a lot of people struggle. So I encourage you to invite Jesus into the financial arena of your life and make him Lord. Say Lord. Lord. Him just being a Savior is not enough. He must be your Lord, and your Lord tells you what to do, praise God, and you obey it with gladness. Amen? Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together this morning? I hope that encouraged you to keep giving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just say this as they pull up our confession of faith. If you're still in a mindset that we're doing this to try to get money from, as opposed to getting money to you as well because of the way this process works, just get in the Word and you'll see it for yourselves, praise God. It's, there's freedom in giving and receiving. Hallelujah. So let's make our declaration of faith once again together. Ready? Read. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. A blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. 
harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Those of you who give by your offerings by envelopes, please come on up and release them in the receptacle. And Pastor Murphy will pray over the offering. Good word. And we give cheerfully. Now some give through uh, the app that we have and that's good, you can do that. I would just say, when you do that, make sure you pray over it, <laughs> right? You wanna, cause that, sometimes that act of putting it in the bucket is that time when you walk and you could do that. When you give online, which I like to give online cause it gives me the freedom to give any time. <laughs> A check comes in the mail, I'm like, Give the 10% right away. <laughs> I'm not holding it so it gets mixed in. So I give it right away, but I pray before I do. There's a section in there where you can say what you're believing for. I, I make sure I do that because I want to stay connected. Hello, Mr. Gary. Good to see you this morning. Father, I thank you for this time of giving. We don't take it lightly. We take it very seriously because you take it seriously. And so I thank you for every gift, Father God, every seed that's in here today represented, whether here or online. We thank you, Father, that we know we work hard for what we get. And so we thank you that as we give and release this to you, that you see our hearts, we're cheerful about it. And I thank you that we receive the blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. Glory to God. Now I know, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but I know we have some first-time visitors here this morning. So if you would, just put your hands together and tell them you're glad to see you and to see you back there. Good to see you all. Uh, thank you for coming. Good to see you again, sir. Uh, and thank you for coming this morning. Uh, if you are a visitor and you didn't get a visitor packet, be sure to see one of our ushers uh, before you leave so you can get that. And there's a card in there, and we ask for the information. There's so much information that we used to ask, and it's still on the card. we got to change it. I don't need to know all this stuff. It's, it really is just so we can stay connected with you. You know, maybe your address. We send out, like, thank you cards and things, and then also your email. We love to communicate via email. When we have events and things like that, we're going to be communicating even more through email. So if you've never put your email address on the offering envelope or anything, please put it on there. Christina's collecting those. We're going to be utilizing uh, the software that we have, especially as we move forward with our building our impact project. And on Wednesday, I may be able to give you a little bigger update about what we're doing with that. But we're working, right, Lena? <laughs> This is our realtor right here. We're working. This building will be up for sale in no time. We're not moving far. We're building in Dighton. And so uh, we'll give you more information about that as uh, things happen. We uh, will be meeting with the builder and architect very soon. We're excited for what God is doing. We're building our impact. You say, well, it's not even full in here. Why are you building? We'll go downstairs in the children's area. <laughs> in the youth and they're under the stage so you everything they do we're like shh, shh, you know and that's not right they need to have a good time that's why we're building we're building so uh, we can increase our impact down there with the kids and also with the community 
We want to have a rec center. We, we are going to have coaches that can coach, you know, basketball and different things so we could get the kids in. And when you get the kids, you get the parents, right? And so we're excited about uh, what God is doing. Amen. If you joined us this week for prayer, you know we prayed for Ukraine and the situation there. Uh, uh, Rama Ukraine is in Kiev. That's where Rama Ukraine, that's one of the uh, schools that we're, we're affiliated with uh, Rama Bible Training College in Oklahoma. And they have schools in, on every continent. And so Rama Ukraine is one of them. And uh, the Jensen's there are the directors of the school and they were at Winter Bible Seminar last week and they gave an update as to what was going on the day the airstrike started. And so they have uh, some individuals from their school, one in particular who is at the right hand of President Zelensky. If you know anything about that area, this is not new to them, but they're the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. And so uh, he said that one thing that we know this, you know, if you know history or anything, but he said something that a lot of people don't know is that President Zelensky is very open to the gospel, very open. He allows uh, the Ukrainian, they're the one country in Europe that has more pastors that come out of that territory, not from the United States or anything else, that have churches there. There are a ton of Ukrainian pastors and 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 congregations and he is on the front lines with his people such an example of leadership whatever you think about war or this or that but he is right in there with them he's not running from this and they're they're prepared to fight and so uh, we just continue to thank God for working there. We pray for the protection and the safety of everybody who is there. And no, there's a lot of brothers and sisters who are there and they are on their knees and praying. Christy mentioned about, you know, how they're praising God in the subways and things. And so we know that they are going to be all right. Jesus is going to protect them. Amen. So continue to lift your voice concerning uh, them to God. Hallelujah. Well, we are in a series called Kingdom Living. And the purpose of this series is to remind us of our spiritual position and place that we have as born again, spirit filled followers of Jesus. To paint a real life picture of what kingdom living looks like in our everyday walk of life. And also to highlight the navigational instruments we've been given to walk out this life successfully. Last week we talked about the navigational instrument we call the Bible, God's Word, and how an individual who is kingdom-minded lives aligned to the Word and the benefits that we obtain when we do that. If you missed any of this series or any of our past series, we're in a series on Wednesday on prayer. If you've missed any of it, you can go to our website or all our social media platforms and you can watch it uh, there. Today, I want to talk about something that probably all of us here can say we know this. And the fact that we can do that is because we're sitting here today. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> uh, we are physically here at church today. We're going to talk about church attendance, and I don't even like to use the word church attendance because we don't just attend church. We connect with God and with each other in church. Uh, this is a message that um, when uh, the Lord was speaking to me about it, I kind of fought him on, 
and I'll tell you we were going to do something else today, but uh, I am being obedient, and I have mom's prayers concerning this because this is not a subject uh, that I planned on talking about, uh, but it seems that we probably won't even finish this today. We'll do it uh, in two weeks from today. Uh, but this is a subject that... Um, <laughs> Uh, one of the first messages that I've contended with God about. <laughs> Are you sure that I need to talk on this when I'm looking at all these beautiful faces sitting in this congregation? But I am. Because not just for us, but for those who are joining us, for those who watch this maybe after the fact, uh, but also for us. We're going to get some things uh, from this uh, that I believe is going to help us. Do you know there are people that have been going to church for 40, 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, who are still bound, who are not getting a thing from church? They go because it's religious tradition, and that's what my mama did. That's what my grandmother did. That's what my friends do. So I, I just go to church. I got to check it off the list. And remember what we said about that list. We're putting that away during this series. Just for this series, you can take it out for the next one. But for this series, we're putting that list away. You know that list that every time God starts to challenge us on something, we take it out and go, but I go to church. I was just there last Sunday. Check. Well, when we do that, we close our hearts to, we can close our hearts to more revelation and light on that subject. And how many of you know that the Holy Spirit can teach us more about church attendance? Yeah, I haven't heard everything I need to hear on the subject. And yes, I know, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at you. You attended this morning. <laughs> you attended this morning. However, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna hear it again for the first time. When God's giving me this message, uh, it's... Um, very pastoral in nature, uh, but he's waking me up on some things. I've been going to church all my life. <laughs> Stella, right? <laughs> I've been going to church all my life. This is my dad's cousin. She, we lived together for most of our lives. Most of my existence, we lived in the same house as she did, you know, growing up. We were in church. The minute the door opened, two hours before, two hours after. These are my parents. Two hours before, two hours after. Henry and Christina, you know too. We were in the same church together. There before, Nancy, you know, before and after service. We've been in church for a long time. But church doesn't change you. Amen. Attending church, just to attend church and get it off the list, because that's what my parents do doesn't change you. It will not change you. Right. You could go to church until Jesus comes and be the same as miserable self as you were when you first stepped foot in the door. Right. <laughs> church doesn't change you. I know as a pastor, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you might want to listen to the rest of the message. <laughs> but hallelujah. All right, so during this series, we're putting away our list, and we're going to talk about two things. Why do we assemble and how do we assemble? There's a right way and a wrong way to come to church. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that. But let's start with the why. Go with me to a passage of scripture that I've been hearing a lot, and you probably have been too, in the faith circle. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. 
We hear it often. This is the one that gets quoted, you know, when we talk about church. Hebrews 10, 25, I'll read it out of the New King James Version. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This verse is pretty clear as to its meaning. We believe that Paul is the writer of Hebrews. I mean, if you go back, some, some say he might not be, but we believe that he is. But whoever the writer of Hebrews, he's admonishing the early church to stop skipping church. <laughs> it's not a new thing. Nothing is new under the sun. And so the word forsake here in English means to quit, desert, break up with, drop out, leave, abandon, or renounce. In Greek, the meaning is a little different. And we use Greek because that's the original translation of the New Testament. That's why I always say in Greek, someone's probably like, why don't you use Latin or why don't you use something? Well, that's what it was the original translation. So in Greek, it's a little different. It's uh, the compound of three different words. And, and in Greek, it's more of a picture or a description more than just words. And so it paints the picture of someone who is out, down, or behind. Uh, when they heard the word forsaken Greek from this writer of Hebrews, it described to them someone who feels extremely left out and defeated. They feel like they are trailing so far behind everyone else in their spiritual life or in their life in general. To them, it seems like everyone is succeeding but them. Yet rather than go to church to be encouraged and strengthened, the person allows their emotions to control them and they start missing church meetings. That's basically what that word forsake. In other words, they forsake the assembly of the believers. And this is still happening today. People isolate themselves where they're in a time of their life where they need the greatest encouragement. Amen. Here's some statistics from the Barna Group. If you don't know the Barna Group, they do a lot of polls and things. Uh, according to data they collected in April and May of 2020, one in three practicing Christians dropped out of church completely during COVID-19. One in three. In June of 2020, the AP or Associated Press broke a story about how many houses of worship in the U.S. that were shuttered forever due to the pandemic. What's worse, in 2020, church membership in the U.S. dropped 50 below 50% for the first time since like 1941. And this is six decades we've gone at 70%. And we've dropped below 50% for the first time in six decades. Obviously, the COVID pandemic was a serious health crisis, but I have to agree with many who say that empty churches is the most serious health crisis we have in the U.S. I have to agree with them. So I'll give you some statistics for, for another piece of this. 
The empty churches have been, the pews in the churches have been replaced by online watching. They've been replaced by online services, which is wonderful. I know we have a pastor, Rick Renner. He's in Moscow, uh, Russia. He has a church there, a very good church, very word church. And they found that uh, there were like 37 territories that had zero churches in, the, in Russia. 37, that had zero. We got a church on every corner. <laughs> I can ride up the street. Here's a church here, here, here. They had zero in 37 territories. So they, before the pandemic, they decided they're going to do something about that. They went online. They had about 30,000 people, I think he said, and they grew their membership to 200,000 just online. These are people that can't come to the church because they live far, but they do full children's ministry, youth, everything online. It's like a regular church. Good thing he obeyed the Lord before the pandemic. Because God told him, he didn't tell him what was coming, but he told him, you will not leave Russia for two years. And he didn't know why. And he said, you need to be preparing this, write this book, do this. And he did all that. And then the pandemic hit. He couldn't leave Russia for two years. And so he was able to reach these people. So online church, awesome, amazing. But uh, there are no real numbers or data for online attendance. Why? Because you can be doing a million things while you're watching the service online. Things you would not do if you were sitting here in church. <laughs> things you wouldn't do if you were sitting here in church. I could watch 10 services at once on my phone. I could go here and then close that out, go watch the next one. And so there's no real numbers to support uh, online services. Then let me give you some real hard data concerning watching online, okay? How much you get from watching online is how much you pay attention to it. So as a church, when we stream from any platform and uh, from anyone, we get statistics. They call them insights. We find out uh, how many people were reached, how many reactions, comments, shares, all of that. And also how long people stayed with us through the stream. Okay. So I'm just going to use Facebook. I'm not going to use our website. I'm not going to use YouTube. We're just going to do Facebook. Check that out. Our stream last week, this is last week's service, was an hour and 24 minutes. That's how long we went online. We streamed. The average minute viewed was 14 minutes and 41 seconds. If you came in this building last week and stayed for less than 15 minutes, you would have missed over half of what God did in this service last week. Do you agree? Yet this is the statistics. This is hard facts. This is just numbers. That's how much people got, right? So uh, then... If you look at, we get stats, put the next one up there, Ivan. We get stats after the fact. When we, uh, when we do any editing or anything that we have to do and then we post it, here's the replay stats. <laughs> so someone will click on it and watch. Most dropped off at two minutes and nine seconds. And then the average person dropped off at the four minute and 17 second mark. Now, I'm a curious person. I wanted to know what was going on during that time in the service. At the two minute and nine mark, the worship team will appreciate this. 
At the two minute and nine mark, we were on the first verse of new every morning, new every morning. We were at the first verse of that, at the end of the first verse. At the four minute and 17 mark, we weren't even at the best part of the song, which everyone knows is the bridge. <laughs> we didn't even get to that. I am forgetting. That's like the best part of the song. People dropped off right before then. <laughs> People dropped off right before. That's the first song they dropped off at. Interesting, isn't it? And these are real numbers from Facebook. So. You can't tell me that online church replaces in-person church. <laughs> Listen, I am absolutely grateful for online platforms. I, I embrace them. I'm running my business from one. I love connecting with people online. I love praying. We pray every morning at 9.30, Monday through Friday online on Facebook, YouTube, our site. I love it. I think it's wonderful. It gives us an opportunity to connect with people that we'll never connect with. And I love our online audience. But it will never replace, ever, ever, ever replace in-person service. It will never do that. I thank God that we have that. But uh, this past week was Winter Bible Seminar, and uh, I wanted to go, and so didn't Eric, but we know that the weather in Oklahoma is sketchy in February. It's sketchy everywhere. It was 70 degrees, 77 degrees on Monday, and they had a nice storm, and the airports closed on Thursday. And so uh, we didn't go. So I said, well, I'm going to watch the service. And so Eric and I spend about 65 minutes at the gym just, you know, kind of getting some cardio in. And so when we went to the gym, I put up the services, and I was blessed. I got to watch it. And then at home, when I was, you know, able to, I got on. I, I watched most every service. But I can tell you, the minute I got a text, <laughs> oh, I got to see what that is. Down went the service, up went the text. Oh, I got to answer them now. Oh, but before I can answer them, I got to talk to this person. Oh, and then this person. Okay, now I texted them. Let me wait for their, re okay, there's their response. All right, good. We got that taken care of. Done. Check off the list. Good. Let me go back to the service. Oh, this is wonderful. I may have missed what God wanted me to hear while I was texting. And if I'm doing it, I know everybody else is doing it. Because I usually, I'm an average person when it comes to what everybody else does. And so I know others are doing that too. And so we don't get the full benefit of church and, and what we're looking at when we go ahead and when we uh, are doing other things. So I love online church. I love it. I love uh, the opportunity when we can do that. But we contend enough here while we're sitting here together to keep our hearts and minds focused on what the Spirit of God is doing, never mind when we have distractions <laughs> around us. <laughs> Ever try? I know people are trying to work from home, and you got all kinds of things going on. But there are so many distractions. And so if you're watching today, you're participating online, I'm just going to encourage those who have ears to hear and to receive it, Put away the distractions. If, you, if this is your only method of going to church is because you don't have a ride or because you're far or because you're homebound, whatever it is, if that's your reason, then you give God that time, put everything else aside. 
or you're not going to get the full benefit of what's going on in church. I'm just going to tell you that and be real honest with you. The best way to attend church is in person. If you can't, the next best way is online, but there's a way to do it right, and there's a wrong way to do it. You'll miss half of what God will, will, will give you uh, during that time. And so um, why do we attend church? Let's go to that. Why do we attend church? Look again at Hebrews 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day. What day? The coming of the Lord approaching. This is the day that we're in. Do you agree? It's the day that we're in. So the word exhorting here in Greek is patakaleo. This word is a compound word of para and kaleo. And it means alongside, para means, and kaleo means to call or beckon or to speak to someone. When these two words are compounded, the new word depicts someone who comes right alongside a person, urging them, beseeching them, and begging them to make some kind of correct decision. In ancient, ancient Greek, the word patakaleo was also used by military leaders. They would use it right before they were sending the troops out. And they would call them together and they were very straightforward about the dangers they were about to face. They didn't sugarcoat it, candy coat it. They were straightforward. Here's what we're facing, you know, whatever it was. And then they were also, they would talk about the glories of, of how winning this victory, uh, how all the glories that come when you win in a, in a, in a fight. And so that's what the word uh, exhort was in the Greek. And so they would tell them and plead with them to stand tall, put their shoulders back, and just eyeball to eyeball and face to face with danger and to fight bravely. That's what they would do. And those are the ideas that are contained in the word exhort. This is one of the reasons we attend church, to be exhorted. We could say or encouraged, to be exhorted. As the day of Jesus' return gets closer and closer, there's going to be opportunity for problems, crisis, discouragement, fear because of what's going on around us. But we don't have to have a lifestyle of crisis and problems and discouragement and fear. That doesn't need to be our lifestyle. And if we'll stay in fellowship with our faith family, come together, exhort one another in the word of God. You know, we can encourage, urge, plead with one another to not just stay in the race, but to finish it victoriously. Glory to God. That's part of our uh, mission here. You see mentor individuals. The rest of that is to mentor individuals into the image of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means we come alongside and we're straightforward. We don't sugarcoat anything. Last week I said, just because you get saved doesn't mean problems are going away. Uh-uh. <laughs> They don't go away unless you go to heaven. But we'll have problems here on this earth. 
And so we're straightforward about here's what could happen in your life. But we're also straightforward about here's what the word says. And if you'll stay with the word, you're going to come out on the other side with victory. With victory. That's how we mentor one another. We urge the person to keep going because there's victory on the other side. Hallelujah. So the church is supposed to be a place where people can come and be encouraged. So those of us who are here, we come for that reason. One of the reasons we come, and that's why people will come. So those of us who are here, that's something we can evaluate. <laughs> Do people feel encouraged and exhorted after they interact with me? Are they leaving feeling better after they interact with me? Or are they feeling worse? <laughs> am I bringing them down? Or am I building them up? And so that's something we can take inventory on. And if the answer is no, it's a quick fix. <laughs> it's a quick fix. Why? How does, how does one feel encouraged when you smile at them? When you listen to them? When you acknowledge them? When they need a hug, you give them a hug. If they don't want a hug, don't give them a hug. <laughs> if they want a handshake, shake their hand. Whatever it is, that's an encouraging word. If they need prayer, you pray with them. If they, whatever it is they need, that's what encouraging, being an encouragement to someone is. Being positive, faith-filled words. All right, so we come to be exhorted. What's another reason we attend church? In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, not forsaking the what? <laughs> Assembling of ourselves together. What we're doing here today is not a gathering. We gather for concerts. We gather for ball games. <laughs> we gather for speeches, for a movie. But it's different than when we assemble for church. This is an assembly. It's different. Think about a puzzle. During COVID, the, the lockdown, me and Eric weren't really locked down. We worked in healthcare, so we weren't locked down, but we spent a lot of time doing puzzles when we could be at mom's house, you know, when we couldn't go out when we got home from work. And so we did lots of puzzles, you know, the 500 to 1,000 puzzles. And so uh, had all kinds of them. And we take pictures and show, you know, I was very proud of our puzzles. But, you know, when you start doing a puzzle, if no one gives you, the thing I would ask for all the time, and uh, Nina would call it the instructions. I'm like, well, it's a picture. <laughs> the insert that has the picture, I would always ask for it. Can you give me the picture again? Can you show me the picture again? I'm a very, very visual person. It ain't coming together if I don't see it. So I'm like, can you give me the picture again? I need the picture again. Mimi, you just have the picture. I need the picture again. Why? Because if I'm not having the picture and I don't know what it is, it's just a gathering of pieces. But when I had the assembly in front of me and I knew what it was, now I can put it together better. It's an assembly. Each piece has to go in its proper place for the puzzle to be what it is, to look like what it is on the box. And that's how it is with church. It's an assembly. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Ephesians 6, 4, 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, 
causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, we don't have time to break this verse down in Greek and all that, but when it says every joint supplies, in Greek, the original translation says every part supplies. And it's a picture of cooperation and partnership. It pictures something that is done in conjunction with someone else. It doesn't depict isolation. In fact, it's the opposite of that. When you come to church and we assemble, you get something from the people around you. That's why it's important to be in the right church with the right people. People who are growing and increasing in the knowledge of God, who are strong in faith or at least they're growing in faith every day. Not everybody has to be strong in faith. Don't condemn anyone for not being strong in faith. Everybody is at a different phase of their lives. But if we're in the Word every day, guess what? We're growing in faith. And that's what I want. I want to be people around people who are growing in faith, not stagnant in faith, not lacking in faith, but they're growing in faith every day, a little more light, a little more revelation, who are living aligned to God's Word, doing what He says to do, saying what He says to say. Amen. When we isolate ourselves or forsake the assembling together, we exclude ourselves from the blessing that comes from these scriptures. And one of those blessings is encouragement. And we can encourage ourselves. We can definitely do that. But we need encouragement from our brothers and sisters. And we determine how much we lay hold of as believers by our obedience to God. And that starts with obeying His Word first. We're the ones that determine how much we lay hold of. Not Him, us. And it's our obedience that determines that. We can encourage and exhort ourselves, but there is a time, and we all come to it, when we need encouragement from someone else. It may be your girlfriend. Girl, I need you today. I need you to say something to me that's going to get me out of this funk today. It does. God puts people in our lives for that. And what better place to have that is in a, in a church where they're growing strong in faith and living aligned to the word of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.16, when it says, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, that word supply there means a lavish provision of what is needed. This tells us that when every member of the body of Christ, that's who we are, this church together, we're members of the body of Christ, is properly connected to other members and working correctly, a supernatural, lavish supply of divine energy is activated to fully accomplish the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We talked about corporate prayer on Wednesday and how each of us comes together with our supply of the Spirit. And that is what happens when we come together for any service. We don't just come in and take a seat and just take up some space. There's a purpose to our assembling. There's a purpose. That's what happens when we come together. 
Why do we need the supply of the Spirit? So we can fully accomplish the purposes of God. That's why. He has a lavish supply of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are all members of the body of Christ. And when we remove ourselves from the assembly that he has put us in, it affects how much the flow of divine energy we get. That's what the word effectual means in this verse, divine energy. We receive it from this assembly when we come together. There's a lavish supply, but if I'm not in line from it, I exclude myself from it. I'm not even going to get any of it. None of it. It's there, so it's not God. It's not God. It's always there. But I remove myself from it. Every verse in the Bible that talks about the church, talks about a group of people, talks about each member coming together with their supply. It talks about a group of individuals, not one person. There have been studies done, and you can look them up, about a, a lack of in-person interaction and that how that affects an individual negatively. They've been doing more studies because of the pandemic and how we were locked down and weren't able to be with people. And so there's a lot that has come out. Isolation. The devil loves to isolate an individual. <laughs> Look at what he did with Eve in the garden. He took advantage of the opportunity when she was alone to speak to her about what God said. The devil loves it. Don't give him that opportunity. If you are a born-again follower of Jesus, you belong in a local church. I'll say it again. If you are a born-again believer, follower of Jesus, there is a local church that you belong in. If I wasn't in a local church right now, I would ask God, where am I supposed to go? And I would run there. I would run there. In this hour we are living in, we can't afford to live isolated from the rest of the body of Christ. We can't. We can't. Don't take my word for it. Look at what the word of God says about it. If we are followers of Jesus and students of his word, then we need to do all that he tells us to do, not just the parts we like. Not just the parts we agree with. We do all of it. All of it. Hallelujah. If we dismiss the word of God concerning a particular subject, we dismiss the power and blessing available to us in the word. You want to dismiss it for this part of your life? Then you can live powerless in that area of your life. That's what happens. His power flows where his word is spoken and obeyed. And if we'll dismiss it in certain areas, not just, again, we're here. I know you understand what church attendance means. But think about other areas of your life where, like Henry said this morning, maybe you didn't let God into that arena. Maybe you have areas of your life that you're withholding from him. You can come here, but you're, mm -mm, the door is locked concerning this thing. I don't know if I can let you in here right now. Well, in that area, you're living powerless, void of power. Let him in 
And when he comes, he brings his power with him. He brings his power. And you're missing out on a bunch of encouragement because we're waiting for you. <laughs> we're waiting on the gift that is you. Now, I don't mean just your service. Your service is wonderful. God thanks you for your service. I thank you for your service in church. If we didn't have ushers, it would not function the same. If we didn't have the media and sound team, the praise and worship team, the children's workers, all of the workers, the youth ministers, the greeters, if we didn't have all that, Church wouldn't function. It wouldn't be the same as it is. But no, when you don't come, we miss the gift of you as a person. The person, the unique person that you are, that God created you, all that he's put in you. I need that. You need that from somebody else. Because this world is ugly. <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> Especially if you stand up for God. They hate you. Especially if you stand up for good morals and good things. Oh, they don't like you. But at least you can come to a place where not, we don't just tolerate you. We love you. You're not just tolerated here. We love you. And God loves you. And so why not come to a place where I'm not just tolerated? I'm loved. I'm loved. You're loved. Because God is here. And maybe we're not perfect about it. It's interesting in Greek, this verse we're going to close, but in Greek, this verse here in uh, Hebrews, uh, the writer there, uh, he, he talks about another meaning for this is when someone was so down and out that the church or someone just didn't pay any attention to them. They abandoned them when they were in their weakest point and hurt point and so some think that maybe something was going on in the church and the church was having problems so people were like mm -mm, I'm out and they leave when the church is having problems that's when it needs you the most we're so quick to walk out on God's anointed just because we disagree with something or they didn't say hi to me the way they should have or they didn't talk to me the way they should have we're so quick to run out on the people that God has anointed and placed in our lives so we can grow and increase. So quick to do it. I've done it. Don't look at me all pious because you know you've done it too. You got offended and you left. I've done it too. Huh. How dare they talk to me that way? Don't they know I'm a child of God too and I, I know some things? I know things. It may not have been churched I walked out to, but I went, click, I ain't watching that no more. <laughs> and dismiss the anointing that's in that person that I probably needed what they had. I can understand if a church stops teaching the word of God or they stop compromising on different things. Absolutely run from that church. But if they're preaching the word of God, even if they're not, you know, exactly, oh, this is work to come to church. You know what? Stay and pray. Instead of, let me go gossip about it to someone else. Let me go tell someone else what they're doing. Most churches would still be open in America today if people got on their knees and prayed for the pastor and for the church and for the leadership rather than talk behind closed doors and come to, oh, this is what we think of it. Well, you don't think that that affects the church and the pastor? Absolutely. Do you see why this is a hard message and I argued with God? I'm a pastor. This is not 
a message you want to be teaching to your wonderful congregation that you love. Again, you can teach someone else this if you've got this down. But I'm just telling you, the devil is looking for opportunity to isolate you. And it will start with small, little things. It's not going to start with big things, so be aware. The Word tells us to not be ignorant of his devices. So it'll be something small that you take offense to. Something very small. And then it begins to, when you entertain it, it starts to begin to grow in you. And then you find yourself thinking thoughts that you would have never thought a year ago. You would have never taken them steps a year ago. That is how the devil works. That's what he did to Eve. He got her alone when she was alone, away from Adam, and said, didn't God say? And twisted the word of God instead of consulting with her husband and saying, wait a minute, what did God tell us about this? Nope, she did not. And so it's important. Fellowship is important. Hallelujah. We're going to stop here. There's, there's more, and we'll do this again in two weeks. But I just want to encourage you to be aware and not ignorant of the devil's devices in this time that we're living in. He's doing the last bit he can do because his time is running out. His time is running out. And you can see in the Word of God where it says during this time that many, it doesn't say, you know, a few here and there. It says many will fall away. Many will fall away. Many will, will draw back. But it says we are not of those that draw back. And that's my prayer for this church. This is what I say before the Lord. Father's House Family Church is not a church that will draw back. We're not going to withdraw, but we're going to go in full power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit for the rest of our days. Full power, full power. The full potential power of the Holy Spirit will be manifest in this place. Why? Because all of us come with our supply available. Amen? We make the supply available. We'll talk more about how we attend church and we have our partnership covenant. Want to put that slide up there? Our partnership covenant, you remember that paper? If you took the transformation track, it looks vaguely familiar to you. This is very important. I don't know if you realize it or not, but uh, we'll talk about how we assemble because it does matter. It matters. And this matters. So if you haven't seen it in a while, if you know where it is, you might want to dust it off because <laughs> it matters. Uh, you may not look at your marriage license if you have one. You may not look at it all the time, but every time you see your husband, your spouse, or that ring on their finger, you're reminded, I'm in covenant with this person if you're doing marriage right. You know, and when those fights and things come up and problems come, you remember, I'm in covenant with this person <laughs> we're together here and so it's the same with the church when problems arise because I'm telling you right now this is not a perfect church if you are looking and I've said it before for a perfect church you're sitting in the wrong one this morning because <laughs> I am not perfect by any means I am learning to follow the voice of our master just as you are and every day he's helping me and showing me just as he helps and shows you. And I may make mistakes down the road because, you know, he's working with my personality. And so I may, he has to change some things in me. But you know what? The best thing to do when you see some of the faults in my personality, pray for me. Because that's what I do when I see it in yours. That's what I do. I pray for you. 
And I pray for you in love. Amen? Because I know God has something for everybody. He has not excluded one person. And so don't exclude yourself. Don't exclude yourself for what he has for you. Stand with me this morning. We're going to close. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. We're learning the importance of it even more and more. We come together to get our mandates and our, from the commander-in-chief himself. And so I thank you. We get our marching orders for the week from you. And as your day is approaching, I thank you that we're going to lean into you and listen to you even more. In Jesus' name. This morning, I don't want to leave without giving everybody the opportunity, whether you're in the house or online, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you've never done it before, I just want to help you do that this morning. Would you pray with me this morning? Just hook your heart up with mine and say these words together and really mean it with all of your heart. And those of you who've already done it, join with us this morning. Say, God in heaven. I believe that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin. Jesus, forgive me for the things that I've done that were wrong. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. Come into my heart. Take my life and do something with it. I love you and I'll serve you the rest of my days. I thank you that I have a home in heaven when you return. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer this morning, tell somebody. If it was the first time on your way out, just tell someone, I prayed that prayer this morning. And, and let God get the glory. Don't forget your glory stories. We want to hear about maybe your financial breakthroughs or, you know, maybe God spared you and you had a changed attitude instead of cussing someone out on the road. You spoke in love, which was amazing, and that's a miracle in itself. Those are glory stories. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We love you. We'll see you soon.